Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. How is everybody doing this morning? You doing good? Welcome to the Church RC. If you don't know who I am, my name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at the Church RC, and we're so glad to have you here. Uh, we uh, have so much going on. It's good to be in a church that's active. Amen. And uh, just come on, turn around to somebody next to you and just say, man, you look fantastic today. Come on, you can turn to your neighbor that said that to you and say, I wish I could say the same about you. Come on. Is everybody doing good? Everybody, man, we've got we've got baptisms coming up. Come on, that's one of our favorite days and Vision Sunday. And man, we've just got so much coming up. And man, I'm I cannot wait to talk to you about uh, to talk to you on Vision Sunday. We have a lot of exciting things that are getting ready to happen uh, here, and it's going to be an amazing time. It's going to be good, and so we're just so honored to have you, and uh, and everybody that's listening online, we're honored to have you as well. Come on, church family, would you give it up for our online family? Come on, we're bigger than these four walls, amen. Kicking off a brand new series. Come on, it's new series day. It's like getting a new pair of shoes. It's good, and uh, I, I enjoy How many of y'all enjoyed It Is Written? It was such a good, fun word. And uh, so today, I, that was a lot more of a preaching series. And, and I think this is going to be a lot more of a teaching series because sometimes I, I need to uh, uh, keep you from shouting and get you to start doing. Amen. And so uh, so just just tune in and listen. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be helpful and maybe change your life. Amen. If you have a Bible, turn to Acts, the book of Acts. We're going to read verse nine. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter nine. We're, we're going to read in chapter nine. We're going to start in verse one. Read through nine. Nine, one through nine. I guess I better get there too, huh? Acts nine, one through nine. It says this. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, that's what they called Christians back then, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Amen? 
If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, because we have a saying here that paper never forgets, you can title this message, Invite an Interruption. Invite an Interruption. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one be the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I love summer. Anybody else in here love summertime? I absolutely love summer. I like going to the lake. Come on, I like sitting on the beach. I like all, I like all, I'll I'll take the heat any day. At least I know in the summer that if it starts hot, Come on, it's going to end hot, right? I don't, I can, I don't have to dress in layers in the summer. I don't have to think about what I, I know that shorts and a t-shirt in Texas is must-haves in the summer. And you know, I, the thing about summer, uh, I, I love all these different things about summer, but one of my favorite things about summer is vacation, Come on, I, I don't know about you, but we're already starting to kind of plan out what we're going to do on family vacation, trying to lay all of this out and figure out what we're going to do. And, and I, but I love going on vacation, not just with my family, but I love going on vacation with my wife. Come on, it feels like you just get to get away. You get a time of relaxation. You get to rest. You get to you, all of these things. You know, I just love vacation. Here's the thing, though, is that if you ever want to see how differently people see the world, Go on vacation with them. Have you ever been on somebody on vacation with somebody besides your immediate family? It's amazing to me how differently people see the world. You know, let me just ask you real quick. How many of you would say, you know what, my idea of vacation, this is what I love to do. I love to go to a new city. I love to explore things. I love to see museums and go, uh, go visit art galleries. And I like to go to national monuments. I like to hike a trail or camp or whatever. Like, that's my idea of vacation. I love it. Come on, just lift your hand in this place if that's you. Okay, we got like six of you. Amen. How many of the rest of you know what a real vacation is? Come on, it's sitting on a beach somewhere doing absolutely nothing for as long as possible, right? That's, the, that's what a vacation is to me. See, here's, that, here's the thing is that's the way you see the world. That's the way you've done it. That's the way you see it. Here's the deal is that my friend, my best friend, I love going on vacations uh, with, uh, with our best friends. And, but what he has a hard, he has a hard time vacationing with me. Because my idea of vacation is to sit on a beach somewhere doing absolutely nothing. And he has a hard time sitting still. He's one of those like nervous fidgety guys, you know, like he, he gets there and he thinks like he, 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 we're sitting there, we're enjoying our time. I'm next to my wife. We're having a great time. The kids are playing in the ocean and everything's good. And we get about an hour in and he looks over at me and says, what are we going to do next? And I, I'll look at him and I'll say nothing. This is it. For the next five days, this is it, my friend. We're sitting on a beach looking at the ocean. That's it. Maybe reading a book if we get really bored, right? But that's, that's it, you know? But here's the thing is, is that we see the world so differently. He's wanting, to, he's wanting to go on adventures. He's wanting to fish. He's wanting to set crab traps. Like, he's wanting to do all of this stuff. And I end up giving into it because we see the world 
differently. Some of you like to eat right and exercise while you're on vacation. So that's, that's what so, some of you like to eat right. Like you're like uh, super health, like we're going on a cleanse. Like I'm just going to do a whole week of cleansing and get my body in shape. And like, but me, I want to eat as badly as I possibly can. I, I mean, I, here's the thing is, is that if I don't feel disgusting at the end of vacation, I've done something wrong. I want the last bite of cake to be sliding down my throat as I'm falling asleep, right? Like I want to eat as badly as I possibly can because that's what vacation is to me. Some of, I know people, this is my best friend, he gets up early on vacation, 6 a.m., out on the deck drinking coffee. And I'm amazed by this. Like, they want to soak up every moment of the day. Like, they don't want to miss a minute of vacation. We don't need sleep. Like, but my idea of vacation is I want to sleep in. And all the people with kids said amen. We never, I get to get up early every day of my life when I'm not on vacation. Why would I want to do that when I'm on vacation? But here's the thing is, is that it's one thing to see the world differently when you, you know, through my best friend, like we see it differently. But what about when it's in your own house? What, what amazes me is that how differently me and my sister view the world. We came out of the same womb. We grew up in the same house, right? But we have these massive different view, massively different views on how we see the world. My idea has always been and will always be that you need to be early for everything. Early for every. I am early for everything. I'm the guy who shows up. You invite me over to dinner, I'm going to show up 20 minutes early, not feel bad about it, knocking on the door. You told me to be here at 7, I plan to be sitting down eating at 7. I don't show up at seven. I get there so that I can be eating by seven. That's just the way that I think. I think that, and my grandpa kind of raised me that if you're 15 minutes, uh, if you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. Right? And, and if you're on time, you're late. That's just the way that I grew up. But my sister, on the other hand, not even close. See, when I go on vacation or when I'm get, getting, uh, get, getting ready to uh, take a flight, my idea is to be early. I want to be there like the flight before my flight. Like resting at the gate, drinking a cup of coffee, going to the bathroom three, four times. You know what I mean? Like, like I just don't want there to be any stress. I want to make sure that I get through uh, security okay and everything's good. Like, that's just my idea. Like, I don't want, I want it to be a non-stressful situation. But my sister, on the other hand, who is late for everything, like, she wants to have to run to the gate. She calls it, as, yeah, she calls it exercise. She's like, hey, I, and she actually wants the, the you know, like the, the airplane door to goose her as she's, She's like, yep, just on time, just perfect, perfect timing. You know, she's the one that everybody else is there. There's two seats available, and, and she's walking in at the very last possible second. That's how I, her idea. Here's the thing is, is that people see the world a lot differently. Here's, a, here's what I like to say is this, is that we don't see the world as things are. We see them as we are. We don't see things as they are. 
We see things as we are. Everybody has a different view. Everybody has a different idea. Everybody has a different opinion, right? We all see the world through a different lens. We all have these lenses that we see the world through. When I think of lenses, I think of sunglasses. Come on, somebody. Now, I just got a real quick question. How many of you know what made these sunglasses popular? Aviators. Come on. That's right. (laughs) Top Gun, baby. Come on, because we got a need for... Right? We got a need for speed, baby. You know, the thing is, is that this movie is over 30 years old. Now, make you, that'll make you feel old. <laughs> over 30 years old. But here's the thing, is that it transformed the way I saw life. Right? It transformed my view of the world. All of a sudden, every opportunity was an opportunity to play shirtless volleyball. I look nothing like Maverick while I'm doing it. But there was an opportunity there. Let's play shirtless volleyball, right? My bicycle became a motorcycle. Right? My arms were no longer arms. They were wings. And as I flew through the air, that's what we did. We became fighter pilots, right? And every, everybody fell in love with this. And here's the thing that amazes me is that if a movie can change the way I see the world, what else can change the way I see the world? If a simple move, come on, you watch Gladiator, you're ready to go out and kill everybody, right? You're ready to fight. You're ready to take it on. Here's the thing is that if a movie can change the way you see the world, What else has an impact on the way you see the world? Because we all see, even though I see through a lens, because I've been conditioned to see through a certain lens, everybody else in here sees through a lens also. So when we all get into this... We got different perspectives, we have different opinions, we have different ideas, we have different thoughts, and we're all seeing the world through different lenses. Here's the thing, it's good to have beliefs, it's good to have convictions, it's good to have thoughts, it's good to have ideas, like you shouldn't be swayed by every Facebook post, right? It's good to have all those things, but here's the thing, is that when God can't deal with your view, it's not a, it, it becomes a problem, And some of us in this place, we have things that God can't touch. We have views, we have ideas, and we think, no, God, you can't mess with this, you can't touch this. It's just the way, don't even even bother. Like, you could have the rest of me, but you can't have this part of me. And my, my heart and my prayer for this series is that everybody will, will open themselves up to see the world a little differently. That everybody in this place will just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to open my heart, I'm going to open my life, I'm going to open my mind and say, God, if there's something that I need to see differently, let me see it differently. Because maybe, just maybe, you're seeing an obstacle when God wants to, you to see an opportunity. Maybe you're seeing annoying people and God wants you to see somebody that needs a friend. 
Maybe you're, maybe you're viewing things through the wrong lens. Maybe you've got a bad idea or a bad opinion or a bad thought and, and you keep viewing the world through this wrong lens. And here's the thing is that God wants you just to say, you know what, I'm willing to take the limits off. I'm willing to, to set down my lenses and say, God, if I need to change the way I see things, let me change the way I see things. Here's the thing is, is that isn't it amazing how life has a way of changing your view? As you get older, your view begins to change. My son loves Taco Bell. Loves it. Like it is his favorite. He wants to eat there all the time. If I ask him, Bear, where do you want to go eat? He says Taco Bell. Every time, even though he knows I'm not going to take him to Taco Bell. Because while my son views Taco Bell as delicious food, I see it for what it really is. It's a 99 cent colon cleanse. Right? It's bad news. I don't know what happens, but something between the age of 25 and my right now, like something has happened, and no longer is it something that I enjoy. It might taste good going down, but that's it, right? Life has a way of changing the way you view things. What if you have the wrong view about your life? What if you have the wrong view about your marriage? What if you have the wrong view about money? What if you have the wrong view about your job? Come on, what, what if you have the wrong view about your kid? What if we have the wrong view in certain areas of our life? Would we, we, would we be willing to just say, God, I'm willing to take the limits off and say I'm willing to see through a different lens? You know, Paul, in this passage of scripture that we just read, Paul is an amazing man. Paul is a guy who wrote uh, over half the New Testament, depending on who you talk to and what books are written by who. But here's the thing is, is that Paul was an incredible guy. He was an awesome guy. He, he went, uh, I mean, he planted churches and, and he raised up pastors to further the gospel. But here's the thing is like all of us in this room, Paul has a backstory. He has a backstory and Paul wasn't always Paul. Paul once was Saul. And Saul was a bad dude, right? Saul had a different idea of Christianity. In fact, he saw Christianity as something that was trying to take his way of life. See, he, he grew up in church. He was a religious man. He, he had this view. And all of a sudden, Christianity comes onto the scene. And Paul thinks, it is my job to end Christianity. I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to stop this, this way or this Christian walk. And so he goes about and he's trying to destroy. It says this, that he actually murders people. He's breathing, he, he wants to bind everybody. He wants to take everybody to jail that believes this certain way because it's threatening his view. Because Paul, like all of us, had a lens. He saw things differently. He saw things differently than the way that maybe that they really were. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up to Saul on the way to carry out this work. And as he shows up to Saul, it, it says that this light shone around uh, Saul and, and he's laying there and Jesus begins to speak to him and says, Saul, Saul, why do you do the things that you do? Here's the thing is, I thought we were talking about lenses. I thought we were talking about views. But here's the deal is that 
that seeing and doing go hand in hand. Right? Seeing and doing go hand in hand. In fact, the, way, the lens you see the world through will affect greatly what you do in the world. That's just the truth. And so here, Jesus shows up and says, why are you doing what it is that you're doing? And now all of a sudden, Saul, who had this thought and this idea of what God was, is being completely challenged and, and, and having to make a decision of, am I willing to change the way that I view God? Because I thought that I had to work my way to heaven. I thought that I had to go to church enough. I thought that I had to memorize enough scripture. I thought that I had to do all the right things. I thought I, 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 thought I had to uh, be this great religious person. And now then Jesus shows up to me on my way and interrupts my trip and tells me to do something different. And now then Saul is seeing through a different lens. Because what he thought God was, was I have to do, but now then he's really realizing that if Jesus really came to this earth, if he really died on a cross, if he really rose from the grave, if he's really seated at the right hand of the Father, that changes everything. Because now then, it's not about works and what I do, it's about grace and what he's done. So Saul sets back and he has to make a decision and he's, it says this, that he's thinking about this for three days. Like if you can't eat, you can't drink, you can't see, I don't know what you're doing for three days, but I'm just thinking, right? And he's thinking and he has to make this decision as, am I willing to change the way I view God? Because clearly the way that I viewed him was wrong. Clearly the way that I viewed him was through the wrong kind of lens. It says Saul makes a decision. He says this. He said that I, it says that he repented. And, and that's a fancy word for I was going one way and I turned around and walked the other way. And that's all Saul did. He made a decision that I thought it was this way, but, but now that I see through the right lens, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to walk a different way. See, here's the thing is maybe you're in this place today and you've had the wrong view of God. Maybe you've, had, you've viewed God through the wrong lens. You thought that he's angry, that he's mad at you, that he's waiting to take you out, that you have to work your way, you have to do all the right things, you have to behave a certain way, you have to go to church enough times, and now all of a sudden your view is being challenged. Because that's not the gospel. The gospel is, is that he did everything to get to you, not that you have to do everything to get to him. See, and all of a sudden if you'd begin to change the lens... Maybe you grew up in a home where it was angry and religion was a certain way and, and, and you, you have this wrong view of God. And I wonder if during this series, maybe you could just say, you know what, I'm willing to take off the lens that I once saw God through and view him through a different lens. See, here's the thing is when you have the right view of God, you'll start having the right view of people. See, when you have the wrong, uh, right view of God, you'll have the right view of people. See, maybe you're here and you've viewed God the wrong way, but maybe you're here and you've viewed people the wrong way. You're like, well, brother, this message ain't for me. I've been a Christian forever. I came out of the womb praising God. Right? 
Maybe you're here and that's, that's your thought, but here's the deal, is that you can still be a Christian and have the wrong view of people because you have the wrong view of God. I love in Acts 9, 17 and 18, because Paul's not just challenging, I mean, uh, God's not just challenging Paul or Saul's view, God shows up and challenges Ananias' view. It says this in 17, verse 18, it says, and Ananias went his way and entered the house. I'm sorry, it says this. Uh, in verse 15, it says, but the Lord said to him, go, this is to Ananias, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. In verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. Now here's the thing, is that God shows up and begins to deal with Ananias, who is a Christian. Now I just want you to just think about this and put yourself in Ananias' shoes. This is a man, Saul is a man who is killing his friends. Saul is a man who is trying to take him to prison. Like he has letters, he can take people to prison. Saul is a bad dude. And God shows up and says, I don't care what you thought about him before, I have a different plan for him now. I've showed up and I've intervened in his life. And so now then I want you to take off the lens that you once saw Saul through. And I want you to put on a different lens and realize that I have a call and a plan for his life. See, so now then all of a sudden Ananias is challenged. Will I choose to see somebody differently than the way that I saw them before? And maybe you're in this place and you see people the wrong way. You have a bad view of everybody that you come in contact with. And, and you've got this chip on your shoulder. And God's saying this, will you choose to see people the way that I see people? Will you choose to take off the lens of offense and say, you know what? I'm willing to see the way that you see, God. I'm willing to see that everybody here and everybody that I have contact with has a call and a plan and a purpose for their life. Are you willing to change the way you see things? See, I don't care where you are in your walk with God. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 50 years or if you've never put your faith in Jesus. The thing is, is that we can never be unwilling to let God change our view. We can never have this uh, hands-off approach of God, you, 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 can't, you can't touch my view on this. You can't change my view on that. You cannot you gotta understand that God wants to have access to every part of your life. And when you begin to say, God, I'm willing to take off the lens, whatever lens I'm seeing things through, whatever view that I have of things, I'm willing to say, God, if it's wrong, change it. And maybe you see everything right. Maybe you have the right view of everything. I'm not saying that everybody in here is wrong, but maybe, just maybe, you're seeing things the wrong way. Maybe we just need to 
Say, God, I'm willing to take off the lens. I'm willing to invite you to interrupt the way I see things. I know some of you, that's scary. Some of you are like, no, 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 you don't understand. I can't do that. No, some of you, it's scary. But here's the thing is that you need to invite God to interrupt the way you see things. What if every one of us said, God, I invite you to interrupt the way I see. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Some of you are in this place and you know exactly the thing that's been off limits. You know exactly the thing. And I wonder if you're brave enough today if you just say, God, right here, right now, in this moment, if every one of us would say, in this moment, I invite you to change the way I see. God, if I see you wrong, if I see people wrong, if I've seen my marriage wrong, Lord, whatever I've viewed wrong, if I'm seeing my job wrong, God, help me in this moment. Help me during this series to start seeing things the way that you see things so that we can start doing the things that you want us to do. Lord, that we would start being the church that you've called us to be and we'd start reaching the people you've called us to reach. God, let us see the world like you see the world. Let us see the hurting like you see the hurting, the broken, the wounded. God, change our view. Change the way we see so we can change the things we do. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.